go out with Miss Shannon for Children's Church. She's right over here by the door waving to you. And uh, they'll go right from Children's Church to Sunday School. And then parents, you can pick them up after Sunday School. We're not giving them any sugar, I promise. They're just going to go have a good time and learn something about the Lord, hopefully. Our scripture for this morning comes from Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read verses 36 through 50, and we're going to put it on the screen so you can follow along as I read it aloud. Hear now God's word for us today. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. After he entered the Pharisee's home, he took his place at the table. Meanwhile, a woman from the city, a sinner, discovered that Jesus was dining in the Pharisee's house. She brought perfumed oil in a vase made of alabaster. Standing behind him at his feet and crying, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair kissed them, and poured the oil on them. When the Pharisee, who had invited Jesus, saw what was happening, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. He would know that she is a sinner. Jesus replied, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, speak, he said. A certain lender had two debtors. One owed enough money to pay 500 people for a day's work. The other owed enough money for 50. When they couldn't pay, the lender forgave the debts of them both. Which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the largest debt canceled. Jesus said, you have judged correctly. Jesus turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your home, you didn't give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has poured perfumed oil on my feet. This is why I tell you that her many sins have been forgiven. So she has shown great love. The one who is forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other table guests began to say among themselves, who is this person that even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. During this season of Lent, uh, all of the sermons on Sunday have been intended to help us develop a brave faith. To become more courageous in following Christ. We started three weeks ago with the clarity of courage as Jesus stated his mission and ours. And then last week we turned to the conviction of courage. Those moments when we know that something must be done 
and I can be a part of it. And today we'll turn our attention to the candor of courage, which will be the end of the alliteration for this series, if any of you were following along and keeping score. Candor. Somebody asked me uh, earlier this week what sermon was going to be about, and I said candor. And they said, oh, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> candor. Being open and honest, direct and frank with what we say. Candor is spoken courage. And it is tough. In a culture with an excess of skepticism and cynicism, deep fakes and deep distrust, in a world where many of us were taught, if you don't have anything good to say, maybe not many of us, if you don't have anything good to say, mm -hmm. although as I heard somebody here put it one time, if you don't have anything good to say, you can come here and sit next to me. <laughs> but we took that and turned it into, or at times we turn it into, if you don't have anything easy to say, don't say anything at all. What happens is we develop an inability to express ourselves or even to receive the self-expression of others in a healthy and holy way, especially on matters of substance and depth. Now, some folks just steer clear of moments that call for candor, avoid it. And others just lean into the drama of it. And what could be open, honest, and direct becomes blunt, unrestrained, bombastic, even overbearing. And we end up with the real housewives of Shambly. In his book on courage... Jesus' call to a brave faith that has been the companion to this series of sermons that we then have a discussion about after worship down in the hospitality room. Bishop Tom Berlin says, Candor is speaking the truth in love. Speaking from principles and convictions without damaging or insulting the other without exaggerating or spreading untruth. And we hear candor, the candor of courage in the scripture for today. I saw at least three places in there where Jesus demonstrated the candor of courage. The first one is in the first thing he says to Simon, Simon, I have something to say to you. It takes courage to say it out loud. 
even right there, we see the juxtaposition of how Simon and Jesus handle that moment that was so fraught with concern. We see Simon saying to himself, now, if this guy really was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is in his midst, and he would have nothing to do with her. You hear how Simon takes this moment, and to himself it says, now I don't know if you've ever spoken to yourself in a way that other people could hear it. Maybe he was speaking to himself. Maybe it was internal monologue. We definitely get the sense that Jesus knew what was on Simon's mind. But Simon takes that moment where things are off kilter and he turns it into an opportunity to defame both Jesus and this woman who has come to see him. Calls into question Jesus' place as a prophet. Oh, if he really was a prophet, then he'd know better. The fact that he has allowed this person to be in his presence in his midst means that he's not really who he says he is. And by the way, while we're talking about it, this woman is a sinner. And we all know it. She's known in our community as a sinner. She has no place in this righteous presence. Jesus says, Simon, I got something to say to you. He invites the conversation, or at least begins the conversation, or takes the conversation to a depth that we all too often are not willing to go with each other. Simon, I got something to say to you. And he does it without being like, I just call it like I see him. Or I like him. He's not afraid to speak his mind. Rather, he just, in that moment, initiates a conversation or takes a conversation to a depth with Simon where something holy can happen. And he does it with an invitation. I have something to say to you. Can we talk? Berlin calls candor the willingness to knock on the door. I had the opportunity to experience that with a church member um, who reached out to me and said, Pastor, can we talk? I've got some questions and some concerns. I said, sure, come on. We set an appointment and we sat down in my office and had a conversation. And they told me, They had concerns about the United Methodist Church, where we were headed as a denomination, and the implications of that for their local church, where I was pastor and where they'd been member for a long time and loved the church deeply. And they told me they had questions about me and my role and participation in our denomination and in our local church. And how I was functioning as an ordained elder in the midst of the turmoil 
and challenges that we were facing and that they were feeling personally, as was I. And we had the opportunity to sit and have an honest conversation with each other about our understandings of the faith, of the church, about how it's lived out, our perspectives. We were able to do it with civility and respect without ever making it personal or inflammatory. And we came to the end of our conversation acknowledging that there are things where we may not see eye to eye on in life and in faith and with God and with the church. And yet we could do that and still be part of the same church together. And we are to this day, both still part of the United Methodist Church. Because that person had the willingness to knock on the door, to reach out and say, can we have a conversation? And that's the candor of courage that Jesus demonstrated. Simon, I have something to say to you. And Simon said, teacher, speak. And so Jesus told him a story, invited him into a conversation to consider his perspective and the possibility of others. And he told him the story about a lender who had lent money to two different people, two debtors, one enough to pay 500 days wages and one enough to pay 50 I don't know if this is foreshadowing about a run on a Hebrew bank, like, a, um, you know, what happens in that moment. Interesting to think about in light of where we are today, that in Jesus' story, the lender forgives the debts of both of them for free. And then Jesus asked him, who do you think would love that lender more? The one who was forgiven 500 or the one who was forgiven 50? And, and Simon says, the one who had the greater debt. And Jesus says, absolutely so. And then we hear Jesus say something candid to Simon to that woman who was in their presence, to all the people who were there. Those who've been forgiven little, love little. See, Jesus' conversation with Simon is not had in such a way to, see, to say, ha ha, see, Simon, you were wrong. This is why you should think differently than you do. It was not had to sort of expose him to people and call out, him or his character into question. Jesus didn't take that opportunity to have that com candid conversation to condemn or criticize Simon, but rather to invite him to consider the grace and goodness of God in a new way for himself, for this woman, and for the world. See, 
the candor of Jesus' courage created a moment where transformation could happen. But he did it in such a way that it was inviting and loving and encouraging. He offered Simon a new paradigm with which to live his faith. He identified for Simon how forgiveness and love are proportionate together. And this woman presenting herself in courage, coming to Jesus when she knew how she was known, but she was willing to step into this place where she clearly did not belong, but come with humility and tears in her eyes, with everything she had to offer and give as a loving sacrifice to Jesus to honor who he was and what he was doing in the world. She had come from so far to that moment to be in the presence of the Christ. And Jesus said, do you see, Simon? This is what I'm about. For somebody who thinks they've got it figured out, for somebody who thinks they've got it together, for somebody who thinks that they have the answers, that they've got the right position and place in culture and society in the church, for somebody who thinks they're not even in need of honoring a guest when they're in their home. Jesus said, for somebody who didn't even go through the effort to give me water to wash my feet. Just a simple act of hospitality for somebody who didn't anoint my head with oil as a sign of care and honor and respect. For somebody who didn't even greet me with a kiss. There's so much more to this, Simon. And it is the depth of this woman's brokenness that has produced the depth of her love and the presence of the grace and mercy of God that she's found in me, in Jesus. And then maybe the most courageous thing and the most candid thing of all that Jesus could say to this woman, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. For Simon's sake, I think it was a good thing that the woman was there to honor Jesus as he deserved to be honored. Jesus' candor with Simon paves the way for the proclamation of forgiveness and salvation and peace for this woman, for anyone who was listening, who had ears to hear, including Simon and you and me. What might be possible in you and through you as you are attentive to the Spirit of God, to the moments where the candor of courage is called for. You know, in this book, uh, we're going to talk about it in just a little bit in our group discussion. He sort of goes through the how, like lays out some practical steps of what candor looks like in the Christian context, in any example of Jesus. 
But I was given an, another book, more of a booklet, uh, recently by Ann Hammond. Thank you, Ann, on Courageous Conversations. She got this at a um, gathering of a conference for Christian educators. And uh, so we've put a link to this resource uh, in your bulletin. There's a QR code you can scan. I think we have it uh, on a slide, too, that can go up here. And there's also a, a website there. This is about having courageous conversations with folks in our lives, in our church. And this, all of this, it, it's a link to resources, articles, um, step-by-step guide, scripture to consider. When we find ourselves in those moments or have that call or that nudge or that inkling to have a conversation with somebody that might be difficult, challenging or painful. But when we feel the Spirit of God nudging us to that conversation so that we can respond to that and do it in a healthy and holy way because courageous conversations are holy work. Is there a relationship or a circumstance in your life now that is calling for candor from you? What Jesus saw was a woman who was hurting, broken, and in need. And he saw person who exemplified a people who exemplified faith identifying her as one to be excluded to be put out or put aside because their righteousness was based on purity and rules and expectation and in that moment Jesus with the candor of courage laid out for them a righteousness that is based on forgiveness and mercy and love. Is it possible that there is a place in your life, in your world, in your circle, where you might be called by Christ to have a candid conversation? In the spirit of the Lord. Before we sing our closing hymn, I want to ask you if you'd make that a prayer with me. And we'll just take a moment of prayer together. This is it's a time for a little introspection, which is proper for Lent, for us to consider the example of Jesus and his candor to have a conversation that needed to be had and to speak the truth in love.
but it's so rife with fear, condemnation, misunderstanding, division. What about a people who are called by God, forgiven, saved, set free, made whole, and sent out in peace to embody that salvation for the world? And who come to moments, who come to seasons or opportunities or relationships where the candor of courage is called for and are willing to say, can we talk? Oh God, may we be people of candor and courage. In the name of the love of Jesus, today we pray.